Troubled Nation. This is Renee Coman with Manny Chevrolet, the original Troubled Man for Troubled Times. Hey, folks. And this, this is the uh, Troubled, Troubled Man podcast. That's right. We're both troubled. And trouble never ends. Trouble never ends. It never ends. Uh, how you doing? I'm hanging in there, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not untroubled, I would say. Well, I'm hanging in there uh, with all the stuff going on with my house and everything. It's It's... It's like living in a sardine can at times, you know, with, especially with, with two women. Too, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> female sardine yeah, cans. Two female sardine cans, and uh, it's a little rough, but uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm fine. Um, but you're uh, ultimately going to have more room. I'm going to have more no, well, Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the whole idea, to have more room so I can have more space to myself. But at the same time, I realize that it's going to be more house that I have to clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because nobody cleans in my house. Oh, okay. Nobody, nobody cleans in my well, house. Well, you clean. I clean. Well, I'm there the, you go. I'm the they, one. Clean. They understand that you're going to clean it. Yeah, they understand basically that. Uh, hey, Poppy, this is more house and more house for you to clean. Thank you, women in my life. Thank you very much. You know, oh, we got a lively, lively room to record at, in today. As always, we're here at the uh, historic uh, New Orleans Athletic Club. Where tonight, Thursday, was a whiskey tasting night, and it looks like it's just winding down, but I think a lot of people had some whiskey, because it's yeah. very lively. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like some whiskey talk. Yeah, which is all right. Nothing Although those, those three guys from last week, you can't have anybody louder than those guys. They were, they're here by themselves, and, and oh, yeah. we have to yeah. give them a credit when we put that podcast out, because they're... Do you smell tuna? I smell tuna. I smell sardines. Oh, sardines. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm smelling... Well, well that guy. That guy behind us. I think he's got tuna. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Whatever. Tuna's good. I like tuna. Sure, uh, I like tuna. Yeah. But listen, um, on the way... Actually, yesterday, or Tuesday, when I canceled, I said I couldn't make it. Right. And so we rescheduled to tonight. I was thinking to myself, because um, I got all, had this shit to do, and I wound it all down, and I had a cocktail. And this is something I wanted to talk about, which is, I don't know if it's good or sad or anything like that, but I realize that since probably last October, around my birthday, uh-huh. to tonight, that I have, I've had an alcoholic drink every day. Every day. Since, like, October. Huh. So, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe people might look at it and go, man, you know, fucking... And it's been at least... I Thinking back, of, you know, you had the holidays, you had uh, carnival season, all right. that kind of stuff. And I don't think there was one day. I know, I, in fact, I know there huh. was not one day where I didn't have an alcoholic drink. Wow. So, and usually I think about... So, it's probably it was probably, like... I would assume probably like three, two to three drinks a day if I averaged it out. Okay. And if you ask a doctor, he'd probably say that's not good. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good at right. all. So, but here I am. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Oh, to cheers. You. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Because, um, so I, I was thinking, well, should I uh, stop? <laughs> should it be working for you? You know, I've never been one of these Lent people. You know, I'm going right, to give up right, this right. or New Year's resolution type people. I'm not going to do that. You right. know, I bumped into this guy uh, Monday, um, who I know he lives in the neighborhood, and he's holding this ice cream cone. He goes, "Do you want this?" I said, "No, I don't want that ice cream cone." He goes, "Because my kid, 
ordered it and didn't like it, so she, she told me to eat it, but I gave up sugar for Lent. Huh. Okay. So I can't eat it. So do you want it? I said, no. You know, give it to some, you know, let it melt or, you know, throw right, it away. Throw it I, away. I, you know, but, yeah, I mean, who, sugar, come on. Uh, you know, well, everything pe- has sugar in it. Everything has sugar in it, yeah, and every everything turns to sugar inside right. of your body. Right. You know, carbohydrates, anyway, that kind of stuff. So, what is he eating? What is this guy eating? Um, uh, well, he, he means like he's not adding sugar to anything. Right, right. You know, or I don't know what he means, frankly. No, because <laughs> I mean, ice cream. Is, you know, you don't add sugar to ice cream, so I don't. I have no idea. Uh, you know, people try to. F- find motivation to or outside reasons for things they think they want to do or they think they should well, do. Well, I used to always say like for Lent, you know, even though I'm not a practicing Lent person or a Catholic or anything like that, people would say, well, what are you doing? And I'd say, well, for Lent, I give up. <laughs> I'm giving up in general. <laughs> I'm just giving up. Exactly. I'm just giving up. Yeah. That's what I did for Lent. I just give up and so fuck it all. You know, I don't care. Right on. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it kind of goes along with the the thing of your of asking people if they're all right. Right. I don't know. Somehow those are connected in my head. <laughs> similar, similar manieisms. Right. Yeah. I I I got to use good a lot this past oh, few did days. You? Yes, I used um, a professor. Um, at the university where I work, um, we found out because. He had ordered a bunch of his books late, so right. we didn't. And now we're in the process of returning books for credit. Uh huh. And I, so I saw a bunch of his books on the shelf still, like a lot of them. Uh huh. You know, I was like, well, no one's buying these books. Right. You know, it's March and no one's bought these books. Uh huh. And then I asked my superior, I said, well, we got to get rid of these books. He goes, well, I don't know yet because uh, his wife just died. And I said, good. <laughs> <laughs> I said, good, you know, maybe though somebody out of sympathy will buy the books now, you know, or something like that. Uh, what was what was your uh, co-worker's reaction to that? Well, just, well, he knows who I am. Oh, okay. He knows all about me. And well, he's, that's good. He was like, he said, good. Yeah, he was like, Manny, uh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you see, that's the key is you is. And some I don't always do that is to wait long enough till someone, you know, thinks they know you pretty well right. before you show them all of it. With me, it's, it's as soon as they get the slightest amount of encouragement. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think, oh, okay, this is time for time for the, the me to just to just uh, pull it, the, yeah. the whole curtain back, yeah. and it's often way too much for people way too soon. Um. Yeah, he knows me. Uh, but if I would have done it to another coworker, it would have been like you know, black, you know, it's just been bad for me to do. But yeah, I don't um, see the thing that I have to worry about at work is that I have to like twice a year I have to watch these movies on how to behave at work. Yeah, you know, which you know, it's something you've never had to do. Yeah, no, yeah. no. But I've had to watch like twice a year the movies that I see that. To- to, to teach me how to behave at work are like, uh, yeah. you know, Altamont. Yeah, or, you know, or Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I've, I've learned all the yeah. wrong lessons. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Sid and but, Nancy. But it's, uh, it's like, like the regional boss will come in. This is a guy who handles the whole Gulf Coast stores. And right. Stuff like that. We'll come in and say, all right, um, 
employee nine eight zero four one five one. You know, <laughs> it's time to you to watch your uh, abuse film. And, oh, I, okay. and I always say the same thing. It says, I know how to abuse people. I don't need a film. I don't need a life. tutorial on this. I know how to abuse people. Oh, <laughs> that's very funny, <laughs> Mr. Maddie. <laughs> it's like, all right, dude. Okay, I'll watch. But it gets you out of work for about three hours. Right. Well, that's cool. Because you have to take a quiz. And you have to get, at the end of it, you have to take a quiz, a, a multiple choice thing, about 50 questions on, on the computer. And you have to get 100%. Uh, so what a lot of us do is we get it wrong over and over again. So we're just sitting there doing nothing. I have to keep taking the test over <laughs> yeah. and over again. Well, keep taking the questions over and over again. Oh, because that way it stretches your, your whole thing out from oh, two okay. hours to like five hours where... You know, it's better than sitting out, you know, dealing with customers. Right. You know, which I'm not good at either. <laughs> You're not good at <laughs> I'm not that good. Part. Yeah. You know. I lost my book. Do you have another one? No, I don't. I don't have another one. <laughs> my book got stolen. You know, these kids. I, uh, you got a kid in college now. I hope he's not yeah, like that. Yeah, he's not like that at all, he, no. In, in fact, he, he, he riffs on all that same stuff. I mean, he, he sees a lot of his classmates as being. Um, very, uh, you know, entitled and uh-huh. and kind of unappreciative of it, and uh, you know he's he's not like that at all. He's very thrifty. He's very uh, well. Yeah, as long as he's not like one of those kids who goes, "I need a book for my class." Okay, do you know the name of the book? No. Do you know the author? No. What class are you in? I don't know if it's <laughs> social or English, but I know what the. I know what the color of the book is. What's the color of the book? Do you uh, have them, yeah, do you have them I, classified I, by color? Uh, no. I, I just say, you know, basically, I just go, get out. Just go. Get out, you know. In fact, I got a phone call. Your parents have died. You've got to go home and run the farm. Go. <laughs> run the farm. <laughs> yeah, run, the, run the business. You know, college is not for you anymore. Your parents are dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what I feel like. No, my, uh, my, my son's totally on top of it you know I, i'm the one that's saying i don't know what class this is or you know so he's he's uh well kids are like, he, uh, he knew i wasn't going to fix the problem for him so some kids are a lot smarter today than they're you know than you know i was when i was that age you know yeah yeah well you know certainly all the information is out there you know it's uh it's easy to find it if you <laughs> if you're so inclined so what's going on with you um, well, you know, speaking of, of uh, meeting people, I, when I left here last week, mm-hmm. went to, uh, to uh, take a look around Carrollton Station. Oh, right, right. See what, what, what that? that would yeah. look like. Well, it turns out that back room, even though there's, there's nobody that needs to be back there and it's totally empty and be perfect, they do have like a speaker, you know, uh-huh. pumping music back there. And then so people go and sit back there, even though there's hardly anybody in the whole So joint. not a good venue for so us. So it wouldn't, wouldn't work for us. But So I go in there, and I, I order a drink, and I'm just kind of looking around, you know, walk back there, walk back to the front, figure, okay, well, it's, I've figured out what I need to figure out now. I'll just finish this drink and uh, go head home. So I'm sitting there drinking my drink by myself, just kind of reminiscing, Remembering being there the, the first time I went in there, mm-hmm. which was, uh, it was called the Willow Inn at that time. Okay. This was like 
probably 1977 or something. Wow. <laughs> and wasn't there like a huge club across the warehouse? Was well, no, no. Uh, Jimmy's was across Jimmy's, the street. Jimmy's, that's it, yeah. Sure, and Jimmy's had tons of shows. I mean, I saw Iggy Pop there. I saw um, Johnny Thunders there. I saw Los Lobos there the first time they played in New Orleans. I saw so many great bands right. there. It's a good venue. I like that It, venue. it was a great venue. Um, so this place was across the street, the Willow Inn, but it, it wasn't, it, it was like a, a real kind of wino old man bar and underage kid bar. So those two groups. Been there. Been and, to those kind of bars. Right, yeah. right. So uh, Pico Boulevard in L.A. is famous for had, those kind of bars. Those, yeah. Famous for those And, kind you of know, bar. this time in New Orleans, anything, you know, right. was, anything, anything goes, you know, anything, it was, there was a, really a, a lot less supervision in general, it seemed like. So uh, my friend brings me there, we must have been like 15 or something, and we ordered drinks from the bar, and they served them, it was like 85 cent highball. In like a six ounce glass, I think I got like a rum and coke or something. You know, a good fifteen year old. That's drink. a lot of money too. Uh, Eighty five cents <laughs> back then. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the twenties. <laughs> well, know? okay. <laughs> I mean, less than a dollar. It was was cheap then. I I think. Uh, so get these uh, these highballs. You know, like eighty five cents. Keep the change. Anyway, right. So we're sitting there drinking our you know three fifteen year olds drinking our drinks, at the bar and. We're looking around. This is when they had a pool table on that first little rise right. away from the bar where they have the tables now. And uh, we're kind of watching these guys play pool, drinking our drinks. And then here comes this wino, like, stumbling across the room, and he, like, flops down on the, on the uh, pool table and throws up. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> And then my friend turns back to me and he goes, "See, I told you this is a cool place." <laughs> and you're, fi- yeah, you guys are 15 years old, so this is like, this is the shit. Man. Well, just like this place seems yeah. wild, like anything could happen here. Well, you know, Carrollton Station. That's where I met my wife. Oh, okay. In right fact, on. she was there with a girlfriend, and I was there waiting for our our famous. friend. You were there with a boyfriend. No, I was. I was, oh, okay. I was waiting for my boyfriend, Carlo Nuccio. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. My man. You're, yeah, the yeah. man. Your main man. <laughs> my main man, Carlo. I was waiting there for. He told me to meet him at the bar. Uh-huh. I'm waiting there. And I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And basically, what he's doing is he's just blowing everything that we tried to score together. Oh, brother. He's, he's just, using he, it all up. Yeah, he's using it. He's like, I'm, oh. on, I'm on the way, man. Oh, you know, I'll go in on a 40 with you. Right. You know, <laughs> you know Carlos. Sure, sure. You know, and anyway, um, I'm sitting in the bar going on my second cocktail and these two girls walk in the bar and they start looking at me. Uh-huh. And looking and looking at me and going, well, I'm looking pretty good, I yeah, guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know. And then I found out later... Because Carlo finally showed up and he knew my wife. Oh, okay. I found out later that they thought I was somebody else. Oh, oh, well. <laughs> they thought I was somebody else that they knew. But anyway, you know, so I met, yeah, that's where I met my wife oh, at, cool. at the Carrollton Station. Yeah, I, I cool. ended up uh, 
we ended up smoking a bunch of pot, Carlo and, and, and my wife and some people, it's on somebody's porch, like right around the corner. Uh-huh. We, just, we just walked on somebody's porch. Right, right. And started smoking pot. And then I just ended up talking to my wife, and the nice. rest is history. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, nice. that's pretty good. Yeah, it's and, a good time. Uh, to, good time. To I've be in never the bar. been back there since. Really? No, no. no I've been. You got a wife. You don't need one. You don't need another one. <laughs> I don't need another one. You know. I, I, so, so I'm sitting there reminiscing about this, and uh, this couple walks up to me, and they go, "Hey, are you waiting for somebody?" Oh. I said, "No, I'm just sitting here having a drink." And they go, "Oh, can we sit here?" Oh, and I go, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. so we start chatting, and and they're super nice, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, just kind of hit it off, and they wind up buying another round of drinks, and oh. and uh, and we're talking, and and then you know, I'm getting a little bit of encouragement, so I I start thinking, oh, okay, well, so you're ready for the the whole Renee, oh, okay, <laughs> the whole thing. And actually, I think they were. They were the the more I, the more were I, they locals or they were. They f- I, I, I guess they live here. They didn't. They didn't seem like they're from here. Oh, okay. Because um, if that happened to me, I would think immediately hidden camera show. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I would think. If I'm, I'm drinking alone and some couple, you know, comes walking up. Well, I, after a while, I, I I started getting a little bit uncomfortable. I started like thinking, okay, well, maybe I have to like. Talk about my my family more. Start right. talking well, about yeah. my, my yeah. kids and yeah. showing pictures of in my, my kids. face and, and all that kind <laughs> of stuff. You know, my, my deep love of God. Yeah, my deep love of God. And, you know, you know. Thought, Okay. Well, now that I've shown you the the, the full thing, and you, and you're not you're not repu- repelled yet. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> because the next thing coming out of their mouth is, you got a pretty mouth. I know, I know. I thought, <laughs> so, wow, I don't want to get myself any, in any farther than I already have. It's right. some kind of vibe I'm giving off and that I'm right. not, not intending to. Right. Sitting here minding my own business with yeah, this drink. you got to put the, you know, see this? See oh, that? yeah. yeah. Well, no, look, I got two of them. Oh, good so, for you. you know, yeah. Got yeah. two wedding rings oh, on. There you go. There you go. But, uh, yeah, so well, that, was, that was like before I even made it home from this, that podcast, all this shit had happened. And then I guess I guess I managed to scare those people away. But by that time, I'd made friends with every these, everybody <laughs> at the bar, the bartender, and these other two guys were over there trying to guess people's weight and asking uh, them if, they, if they ever uh, did any wrestling in high school. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you had a night, man. Yeah, you know, good old Carrollsons. Well, I'm glad it's not a good room because I really don't want to drive all the way out there. Yeah, it's not convenient. You no. Know. But you know what was weird? You know what's not convenient either? Because I don't know if you've noticed this. I noticed this years ago. When you go and buy shoes, you know, I think it should be a law that they give you an extra pair of shoelaces with your shoes. Uh-huh. Why I get, is that? Well, because I get these shoes. I, I, there's a certain brand that I buy. And you get the shoelaces with them. The shoelaces break after like three months. Really? Yeah, they just break. So, you know what they make you do? They make you go back to the shoe store and they sell the shoelaces, you know, separately. I just think, you know, I'm spending $160 or whatever for these shoes. 
You'd think you'd get an extra pair of shoelaces. Well, you'd think that the shoelaces would last well, more yeah. than three months to right. begin with. Exactly, exactly. I can't remember ever replacing a pair of shoelaces or ever having oh, them break. No. Well, I have very sensitive feet. Oh, you know, okay. I must tell you that. Well, I, you my, must be hard, uh, feet that are hard on the shoelaces. I don't know. I mean, I am on my feet a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. not sitting behind a desk, you know, right. from nine to five. I'm pretty much sitting behind a desk maybe for two hours out of the day, but the other six hours I'm up on my feet so these aren't like tennis shoes or anything no sneakers shoelaces last a long time for me okay because I really don't do much athletic things (laughs) yeah (laughs) you you have those on you are sitting down yeah (laughs) I'm sitting down or lounging on the couch Uh watching sports Uh (laughs) 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 you know you know but I don't you know you know, I, try, I, I try to get my uh, my shoes bigger than they need to be so I can just tie them once and slip my feet in and out of them. Well, actually, I can't. <laughs> thing is, here's the thing. I was talking to this uh, with uh, an old girlfriend of mine about 15 years ago when I went to visit, went back to L.A. It's like she was saying that she's never really found uh, the perfect, you know, this. And I said, well, you know, that's funny you say that because I've never really found the perfect pair of shoes. I've never. There's always been something wrong, you know. You right. Know, it, it'll give me a blister, or, or, or I slip in. I, you know, I tend to move in them, or whatever. Yeah. Or the, the shoe crunches my pinky toe, and, I, and it's just something I've had to live with. I, huh. I just, I'm just not, not. A <laughs> I think I've had a few. I've had a few great pairs of shoes. One of them, in fact, I, uh, I liked so much when I got. And after wearing them for about a month, I thought, I'm going to want another pair of these yeah, when I wear these out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I found a pair at the store that I bought the first ones in, or in some store in New York. Yeah. And I had a friend of mine uh, send them to me. Oh, okay. But it was a friend that maybe had some kind of a, a personal problem. Oh. And... Uh, Oh, okay. Wasn't able to, you know, kind of New York type personal problem. Okay, so and he ended up wasn't actually able to send you the shoes to, to send me the shoes after I'd sent him the money because he was wearing them as gloves. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> the only pair of shoes as an adult that I loved were these, and they don't make them anymore. They made them in the eighties. Were these things? I don't know. If, they were called monkey boots. Monkey boots. Yeah, and they were from England. They were kind of like an ink, like a, a knockoff of the Doc Martens in a way. Uh-huh. They were these little ankle-high boots for guys uh-huh. that had laces, and those were the only pair. But they stopped making them like in 88. So I had them from like 80 to like 88, and I love those shoes, but can't get them anymore. Do you ever have... You ever, uh have Doc Martens? Yeah, I did the Doc Martens. I like the Doc I've Martens. I've never had a pair, but Eva has some that she says are super comfortable. Well, they're coming back in vogue, Doc Martens, too. Yeah, well, they make all kind of... Actually, yeah. Brent just bought a pair oh, yeah? of, like, the real wide ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, speaking of shoes... Perfect for him. Perfect for him, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I'll never forget... Remember that movie, Stand and Deliver? It was about I the. Uh, it was an eighties movie. It was a, yeah. It was a movie about how this uh, inner city L.A. school with a bunch of Hispanic kids and this uh, per, this Is teacher there. Edward high, James. Yeah, Olmos? Edward James almost right. plays Jaime Salanti, who helps these kids. Oh, so it's go, a true story. It's a true story okay. on how he got his, these kids in this one math class to really achieve. And right. But the director of that film was a UCLA film student who I knew, uh-huh. and his name was uh, Ramon Menendez. 
Uh-huh. And it was this Cuban guy, and he was a real serious guy, a real serious guy. But if you got, like, one drink in him, <laughs> he just went off, man. He just it's went crazy, crazy. So one time, me and him and a couple other friends just took off to Vegas, and this is when he was, you know, he'd just done the film. He'd roll it in the dough. Oh, so he was, he was buying. He was like, okay. And right. I'll never forget. This is the one memory I have of Ramon is, is uh, I, used to, I had this, like, crazy pair of Doc Martens on. Uh-huh. And we were, like, loaded, and we were doing other stuff uh-huh. and something like that. Didn't gamble at all, but yeah, we're, like, walking down the strip in Vegas. And he just kept staying for, like, blocks and blocks. And you know how long blocks are in Vegas? Right. They're, like, football fields. Right. He kept on saying... Manny, I love your shoes, man. Your shoes are so fantastic, man. Your shoes <laughs> like, are beautiful. <laughs> doing a Sammy Davis. Yeah, it's like a Sammy Davis. But he's a, he was a Cuban guy. He was, uh-huh. he was from, so that was my impersonation of Ramon. But I'll never forget that about my shoes. And, and, I, and now, you know what he does now? The last I heard of Ramon? Pushing an apple cart on something. No, some no. He's writing, oh, he's writing scripts for divorce court. That, oh, really? Yeah, in people's court. He writes the scripts for those. Huh. Divorce Court's a, a depressing show, man. I can't, I can't watch any of that. I used to love the People's Court, though. I people's learned a lot court. about the law and watching People's Court back in the old days. Yeah, Judge Wapner. Judge Wapner. I love Judge yep. Wapner. Well, you know, it's like there's a lot of there's principles of the law that a lot of people fail to understand, and, and sometimes lawyers will exploit the fact that people don't understand this thing, such as... You can't sue someone unless there are damages involved. Unless right. There's, unless there's been some, you know, you can't, I mean, generally speaking, you can't sue because somebody hurt your feelings. Right. Because <laughs> you got your feelings hurt. Right. Yeah. Or because you think someone should have done something. If the law doesn't prescribe that they have to do that, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. Fuck your feelings, man. You but, know, but a lot of lawyers it. will act like, Oh yeah, no, we can do something. You know, it's here. Here's my yeah. fee. Here's what they're. Yeah. Ret- you have a broken heart. Be. That's worth five hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, plus well, my fee. You know. Well, yeah, you, you got to pay me first yeah, before we can yeah, discuss yeah. it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's something you would learn on like one of those fundamental concepts that you would learn on people's court is you know you can only sue for what your damages are. Right. It's up to you to mitigate your damages, and then you you know you can recover those. I remember when I watched people's court, I would. I'd get home from school, but I would only end up getting get, getting to see like the last fifteen minutes of it. Okay, because so I see one case. Yeah, I would see one case or the end of the second case, and so I didn't really know, you know. But if Wapner's, you know, I just yeah, Wapner's right. He's right. He's got to be right. You yeah, know? he's yeah, the he's judge. Right. He's uh, you know the wisdom of Solomon, as they say. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if I told you this, but a friend of mine in high school. His dad created that show. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he created the People's Court. His, his dad was a big wig in Hollywood in the 60s and then lost everything in the 70s. He went from living in the house in Bel Air to living in a two-bedroom apartment like in, in like Santa Monica. But then his dad had one more go in him. Yeah. And he created the People's Court. Nice. It's a Boom. Gold mine. Gold mine. Jeez. Moved back to Malibu. Right on, man. <laughs> the way he keeps swinging. Yeah, he keeps swinging, you know. So, uh, yeah, and the saddest thing was, is like, God, in the mid-90s, I, there was a huge accident on, on PCH. And it was my friend's dad. He got killed in the oh, car geez. accident. Oh, jeez. Oh, fuck. The, the creator of People's... It made the news. And the creator of the People's oh, Court... terrible. 
John Masters. So, in fact, that wound up being his downfall, because had he not been on in it, Malibu, he yeah. wouldn't have been on fucking right. PCH. And it was fucking, I think it was on 4th of July, too, something like that. Anyway. Man, you know, I remember when uh, that show Cops first came on. Oh, yeah. It, I, I Just hearing about it, I was salivating. I was like, oh, my God, this sounds incredible. This sounds like something I would love so much. And right. I did. But it blew my mind because I immediately saw, oh, wow, you could do this with a lot of different stuff. Like, I, could, I, I didn't conceive that reality television would become as big as it is, but I right. saw just from that one thing how it could be applied in all these different areas. Uh, and, yeah. and I actually <clears throat> thought at the time that I had, like, a great idea of that, you know, for a new television show. Uh-huh. And the show was going to be... Uh, like a psychiatrist examining people and talking about their problems. And, and, and I imagine that you'd have to put these people behind some kind of screen because, of course, people wouldn't want to yeah, reveal their identities yeah. and their, their problems and, every, and all this. So Unless you, you pay them. So you'd have to, so you'd have to, uh, you'd have to protect their, their anonymity. Well... I couldn't have been more wrong about that because, as it turns out, people are more than happy to go on television and reveal their identities and talk about all the fucked up well, shit in their life. That's what I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. You know, you watch the news, like here in New Orleans, and, oh, there's a double murder in, you know, the Marigny, and immediately, it's like an hour later, and immediately, like, you have, like, a relative, or the husband, or the wife of the people who got killed, or the sister, or the aunt, they're immediately on TV going, he was a good person, he shouldn't, didn't deserve this. It's like, to me, if like my wife got murdered, the last thing I'd want to do an hour later is to go on the news and talk. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah, but these people, I see so many in L.A., they just go on the news. I don't know if they pay them to say, we'll pay you for your feelings, you know? I think people just can't, can't resist the, the urge to... To get on TV for yeah, their 15 minutes the or whatever. I don't know. I but it's, it's like... my big chance. Like, what was it? Last summer, there were so many murders in this city, and I'd watch the news... And they'd go, we talked to the hu- the husband of the... Oh, yeah, that's and, incredible. And he's like, that, well, it's a sad even... thing. It's like, why are you on TV? Yeah, well, in, in that kind of situation, you can imagine people are in shock almost. You know, somebody sticks a camera in front of their face. You know, it's uh, in those kind of situations, I wish the the... They had more discretion, you know. Well, than, no, no. TV, it, TV, TV news producers want, you know, yeah. they want news. They right, want, right. they want that. But I mean, if, if they were going to approach me, I'd say, "Fuck you." Right? No, thank you. <laughs> this isn't a good I wouldn't time. say, "Fuck you, pay me." Right, right. <laughs> I would just say, "Fuck you." <laughs> you. you know, my my wife or my brother just got murdered an hour ago, and you want me to talk about it? No, I'm not talking to you about it. I'm not talking to the fucking viewers about it. You know, fuck that shit. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. People don't don't really have much much uh, resistance to to airing their their dirty laundry. Well, well it, clearly, you know, with this podcast, yeah, <laughs> evidence, <laughs> evidence of that. Yeah, um, something that I I did over the weekend, and it's just a little something that I did. Um, I got my microwave to work. 
without the door being on. I I took the door off. That's not good, man. <laughs> that's not, but it still works. That's not good. <laughs> not, I don't think you're supposed to run it like that. I don't think that's healthy. Well, I, I think would, that's worse than having a drink a day. Is yeah. your microwave with the door open. Well, the door off. I took the door, the door off. off. <laughs> I unhinged the hinges and took it off, and it still worked. <laughs> Why did you do that? Just I'm just see. I'm just a curious guy, <laughs> just to see if it works. I'm just curious, you know. I did hear about a story where somebody, I guess he was like some kind of YouTube. He was trying to be a YouTube star, and mm-hmm. he uh, <laughs> he put his head in a microwave. Oh God! And they poured concrete in around it, <laughs> <laughs> and they turned it on. No, they didn't oh. turn it on. <laughs> I don't know why uh, why that would be uh, something you would put on YouTube, but <laughs> apparently they YouTube involved. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Can you imagine having like hardened concrete around your head in a microwave box <laughs> with the microwave box Jeez. on top of it? Yeah, he needed some professional assistance to extricate himself from that uh, from, yeah. that, from that that's that one. <laughs> oh, okay, that's crazy, wild stuff. Um, well, you know, uh, speaking of New Orleans, our current mayor, your former opponent, yeah, two elections, Mayor Mitch, Landrew, yeah. Mitch Landrew. Yeah, he went on, he wrote a book. He's or got a book out yeah. now. He's on a book tour. Yeah. He must have a very good publicist because he's getting a lot of choice appearances, a lot of choice slots. Yeah, he's getting on all and, the uh, daily shows and all on the, that. He's on yeah. the daily show. Yeah. He's on uh, 60 Minutes. He's on right. uh, MSNBC, you know, Chuck Todd, uh, uh, Meet well, the Press Daily. He's got a game plan. He's definitely got a game plan. He's, he's got he's, this book, and he's, he's even got all these people um, are mentioning in their last breaths of, of the interview after they let him... You know, expound on his vision for the future and, you know, being a Southern Democrat and, right. you know, uh, um, representing all these positions that will have broad national appeal that, that he's asked. Um, so any plans on going to Iowa or in, in New Hampshire? He's like, well, you know, I'm just doing one thing at a time right, right. now. Yeah. There was actually a... Uh, an editorial, one of those editorial cartoon contests uh-huh. in the Advocate, where they'll have like a whole cartoon drawn, right, yeah. and then the speech bubble. Yeah, that's empty. You get, you get to fill it in. You have yeah, to fill it in. That's a contest. So the New Yorker has that. I think. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the Advocates picked up on that. So they had one, and it's Mitch at a book signing, uh-huh. and he's there. It says Mitch Landrew above his head. He's signing. There's a line of people. Um, about third from the front is the Robert E. Lee statue, which is one of Mitch's <laughs> yeah. uh, things that this book is about, taking down these the, the Confederate statues, yeah, yeah. Confederate monuments. So it's a Robert E. Lee statue standing in line, and then there's a kid with a speech bubble above his head, and he's pointing, he's talking to Mitch, but he's pointing to Robert E. Lee, mm-hmm. and then a speech bubble. So I looked at it, and I thought for a second, and I said... I wrote in there, this guy, pointing to Robert E. Lee, this guy right here says that for you to run for president would bring new meaning to the phrase lost cause. Uh, (laughs) Of course, I'm not going to send that in because uh, 
you know. Well, uh, I think you know who'd be a good running mate for Mitch would be Jindal, the Landry Jindal. Oh my ticket. God, <laughs> Mortimer Snurd, <laughs> like uh, Alfred E. Newman. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before, let's get another cocktail in a second. But okay, before that, I wanted to uh, talk about something I saw just actually I just saw it today because I was I joke around with my student workers and um, really I can't imagine yeah, we were talking about um, Flocka Flocka <laughs> back, back to the Flocka <laughs> we can't let go of Flocka <laughs> because we, we decided to um, try to make a movie about a, a super, like a superhero called Flocka Man Flocka Jones okay where he fights you know he fights crack whores and, and heroin addicts and stuff but he's on Flocka he's on Flocka then. but um, and the, the like Flocka it. Jones but He's like, he's the mother of all fuckers, Flocka Jones. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that would that's be the catchphrase. Yeah, tag tag <laughs> but, but we were talking about it, and then one of my students said, um, yeah, they should have a Flocka festival. And I was like, well, I don't know if anyone's going to. But then I just Googled it, Flocka festival, uh-huh. and apparently it sent me to this thing called the Cavalcade and Roots Festival in Kentucky. Huh. Which is basically a festival where the kids go to just to do drugs. Oh, my there God. Are, there are no bands playing. There are no stages. There are no concession stands. There are no gift shops or, you know, tchotchke little, you know, folk uh-huh. shops. It's just, a, just a, an open it's basi- field. It's an open field in Kentucky where you just go... And you have to pay to get in. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you pay 60 bucks a day. 60 bucks. Or 140 for the four-day weekend. And you just go there, and apparently you just trade drugs with people, or you just do drugs with people. They don't sell I guess you buy and sell or trade and stuff like that. Seems like it would attract uh, the, the cops. authorities. <laughs> but no? if they had pictures of it and everything. Huh. And they show, basically they showed a bunch of like you know kids... Lying on blankets and with pillows and folding chairs and lots of smoke everywhere. Jeez, <laughs> Just man. lots of smoke. But it's called the Gavelcade and Roots Festival in Kentucky. And I thought, whoever came up with this is genius. It's genius. It's like, pay me and then you have to go inside here and you can do any, you can just get high, you know, drink, whatever, that kind of stuff. But you still have to, I mean, how. How stupid can these kids be? I well, mean, you could do that in your apartment. You could do it in your apartment. You could do it in any park, any <laughs> open field, anywhere. Yeah, you could go to the beach and do that. Yeah. But to pay someone to actually, you know, uh, you got to go through the gate here or whatever, 60 bucks, please. Yeah, man. Well, it's all marketing. You know, it shows you the power, the power of marketing. <laughs> I guess so, but I just thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that is hilarious, That's man. fucking funny. Anyway, uh, Nation... We're going to take a break to get another cocktail, and we'll be back in five. Man, finally my uh, headache I've been nursing all afternoon has gone away. This uh, first cocktail has fixed me up. I uh, probably had, probably could have done without that final solitary cocktail I had last night. Oh, really? Oh, you had a gig last night. Played my gig, Yeah. yeah. Went home, had another cocktail or so. Yeah. 
listened to uh, last week's podcast. Oh, yeah? How was it? Made some notes. Oh, it was good. It's a lot of funny moments. Um, I uh, made some notes. Read them to you. It says... uh, Stop talking. Renee, calm down. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) Renee, you talk too much. (laughs) Let Manny talk. (laughs) No, this is a talk show, basically. We're doing a talk show. Yeah. Without talking, we won't have a show. No, I know. You know? I got to let you talk, though. I got to realize... uh, you know when to when to stop talking. Uh, I don't have anything to say worth uh, it. <laughs> well, that's what I was figuring. But listening back on the podcast, it actually sounds like you're you're about to say something good a few times. Right? And yeah, I, and I cut you cut me off. I kind of you know I just keep uh, talking. You just keep talking. Well, I'm a good listener, and that's well, what that's I like what, that about you. Yeah, I'm a good listener. You know, we're it's, we're laughing it up yeah. with each other. So listen, um, I think I told you about my neighbor, Mister Brown. Who's like the he's art. out he's of a, town? Well, no, <laughs> he's um, his name is Leroy Brown. Actually, no, um, <laughs> he um, he's been like a, a staple of our block for since the '60s. You know? Right, yeah, right. Yeah. The sheriff, the sheriff of our. Uh, well, he's been he he had a stroke. He's very. You were Ill. telling me about yeah. this last week yeah, that yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that that you're up for that position. Yeah, I'm up for that like position. You and the guy <laughs> in the kilt, right? right. Between the two. Yeah. Y'all. Well, I've been there a lot longer than the guy in the right, kilt. Right. Yeah. But Mr. Brown took another turn for the worst. Ooh, really? So he's going into hospice now and stuff uh, like that. That's not good. And it's not some, like going to Boca or something. Yeah. <laughs> Until you go into hospice, it's right. It's never good. And his daughter, his, he only has one kid, his daughter. And she's very cool, and 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 she made it a point to us because she said you don't need to go visit. I mean, you know, you don't need to go visit. And even when he was in the hospital, she says, you know, don't go visit because he's incoherent and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And which was fine with me because I hate going to hospitals. Right. I, you know, I the only reason I'd go to a hospital is a, a baby being born or if somebody had like some uh, some. Narcotics that they yeah, share, yeah, yeah. share with you, right? You know exactly. If I was Matt Dillon in drugstore cowboy right. breaking into the hospital, or that you kind. know, if you just had a friend that was going to let you uh, right. share their yeah. their morphine drip, yeah. <laughs> Come <laughs> hey, on, Brad, man. Let, me, let me plug in for a minute. Come yeah, on, let me plug in for a minute. Yeah, you're wasting it, Manny. No, um, <laughs> but it reminded me when she said that. It reminded me about when my father-in-law died a few a couple years ago. And he was, you know, of course the family was there. He wasn't in hospice yet, but he was still at the hospital. And he was dying. I knew. I've seen this before. I've seen it with my mom and my dad. Right. This guy's dying. Uh But so there's tons, you know, and my wife has a huge family. Right. So there's tons of people in this hospital room. I came to visit one day. There's tons of people in this hospital room. and, And the poor guy, you know, he's just... He's there in the bed, and there's all this stuff going on around him. He, maybe he can hear it. I don't know. Right. I haven't been there. You know? Right, right. You know, I don't know. You know, but there was one of my in-laws' girlfriends that was, you know, there's always that one person in the family who's not really family yet, uh-huh. who just, who's just, <laughs> taking, the, who's just the- taking this way too hard. Oh yeah, yeah you know, it's just like wait a minute. You're not even family. I mean, you know, but you're taking this way too hard. I mean, I could. If well, you, you know, the 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 like George Costanza from Seinfeld would, yeah. would say, or the Larry David yeah, person okay, would yeah. say, you know, being um, the the girlfriend in that situation right. actually 
it accelerates your relationship. Right. Like, you know, it's a <laughs> traumatic moment for the family. You're there. Yeah. Making it through there is going to... Two weeks could be the equivalent of like a year of right. normal time. Right, yeah. Well, <laughs> but here, the whole thing was, it was like, I'm in this hot, and I was visiting, and he, he was still two weeks away from dying. He was about a, at least two weeks away from, but he was pretty much just, he couldn't talk. He, he was, right, yeah. right. And it was just, we were just waiting for his heart to give out. Basically. Sure. But <laughs> this, this girlfriend who was just taking it too hard, I thought, you know. And she's crying, and she's like, she's like tidying up his room and stuff. Yeah, she's a sensitive soul, and I, I guess I'm not because because I was getting ready to leave. <laughs> you guess you're not. <laughs> I guess I'm not. You know, Cause, cause, what gave you that impression? Man? <laughs> I don't know. Years of experience, I guess. I don't know. But I said, well, I gotta thyself. go. I gotta go. Yeah, I know thyself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So I go, well, I'm going because, you know, my wife wasn't there and my right. kid wasn't there. They were at home. And I sure. just came by for a quick visit yeah. to see what was going on. Because you're a good guy. Good uh, son-in-law. Yeah, good, good son-in-law, yeah. yeah. And I'm getting my, well, I got to go. I'm going to go now. And uh, this person kept on saying, Manny, Manny, kiss him. Kiss him. Oh, kiss him before you leave. And it's like, you know, his 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 body is it's it's he's he's cold it's cold. He doesn't know, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't know do anybody any good. And he's Please like, don't get involved in my relationship yeah. with my father in law. <laughs> he's like, kiss him, man, he kiss him. And it's like I don't want to kiss this guy. I love him dearly. I used to, I'd kiss him if he would respond to my kiss, but right, right. he's yeah, he's not there not anymore. Yeah, anymore he's he's good. basically yeah, you know, yeah. Gone. Sure. I mean, basically, his heart is that just the only thing in, in his yeah. brain. You know, and, kiss him, man. Kiss him. Kiss him. Kiss him. <laughs> wow, weird, like, man. And I'm like, all right, I'll kiss him. Jeez, you know. So I, I gave him a little peck on his forehead. You uh, know, I wasn't. Said, gonna, no, on the lips. On the lips. No, 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 no. I would. Come I would. On, man, I would have said something. I would have said no fucking way. <laughs> you gotta draw the line. Yeah, I'm gonna draw the line somewhere. You know, I'll kiss him on the forehead. You know, I'm not. You know, I'll kiss his ring. You know, yeah, right, 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 <laughs> but right. I'm not. You know, doing that. And you know, so I just get a quick pack and I took off. And then that segues into now. You know, we have uh, here in New Orleans. Is she still around? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She's a great gal. Oh, I love her. Deal. I love good her deal. dearly. But All right. you know, well, she at work that that, yeah. that critical time. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. I'm not going to say her name because no, no, uh, no need to do I that. can't remember her name. Yeah, I, hear you. <laughs> I can barely remember your name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, sometimes I'm not sure. Who I, I actually am. think that she was stealing his drugs the whole time. <laughs> do you? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> kind of. It was I don't all know. blood thinners, yeah, though, so yeah, you yeah. couldn't really understand why someone would either would, that would want or that. his jello. I don't know. Jello, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he couldn't. Stuff's be, pretty good. Um, good. But that I want to segue now into the, his death, and now the city of New Orleans is mourning the death of the Mr. Benson, Mr. Right, Tom right. Benson, owner of the Saints, owner of the, uh, the Pelicans, Pelicans who, owner of Dixie Beer, Dixie Beer, self-made man. Owner yeah, of, he owned of, uh, the car lots, and yeah, he, many, that's many, how he made uh, his millions. Was uh, car dealerships, car dealerships, right. you know. Um, but the thing I just want to bring up, it comes back to, you know, why I never would want to be, have a funeral and be buried in a casket is he's been dead now for like, what is it? He's been dead for a week. Uh huh. And they're still and, moving his body around. And there's still, people are still viewing his body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, see, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. I, I, I would never want that. 
You know, I mean, and his wife apparently yesterday greeted people. She stood next to his coffin for uh, nine hours straight. Wow. Nine hours straight Jeez. at the, um, what's that Notre Dame uh, place on Carrollton? That's where the Notre viewing. Notre Dame Seminary. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where the viewing was. Wow. For the public, nine hours yesterday. And then Holy today, mother. it was another five hours Jeez. for two hours for the public and then three hours for like private friends and, you know, family and Holy stuff like cow. that. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. And that's all open casket. It's all open oh casket. And look, man, the Jews bury you the next they, day. Yeah, I know. Next, I know. Next day, and no open casket. I I haven't I haven't put myself in a room with a an open casket body in twenty years. I just I don't do it. You know, if I if I, I see it's an open casket, I'll stay in the other. Well, you know, until they close the casket, you know. Basically, my father-in-law, who was in the hospital, and then he finally passed away. He looked the exact same way, you know, on his open casket because he was dead in the hospital. Right, know? right. See him yeah. then. Yeah, it's yeah. like you don't need to see him one more time. Yeah, I don't understand. You know? I don't understand the logic and why you want people to see your dead corpse. Uh, you know, it's a weird tradition that that we still. Uh, Carry on, and I, I and don't then get finally, the point of it. finally, he's going to be put in the ground tomorrow. Yeah, Mr. Benson, he's Fine. actually thankfully, you know, he's been put in the ground tomorrow. And it's like, you know, it's like I, I just don't understand why. It's like, okay, I guess he was a big popular man. He brought the Super Bowl to the Saints. He owned the Saints and all that kind of stuff, and people second line to yeah, the yeah. Well, dump. you know, the, the, all the tribute is fine. You yeah. don't need to, to party with the body. But it's also like it's also like that. What was that woman that last year who she was some uptown socialite and she died? And her viewing was at the Sanger Theater, and she was propped up in a oh chair. My. Did you oh hear my. about that? No, I don't. You remember didn't hear that. about that? I, I don't remember her name, but she was a rich uptown blue blood socialite. Oh jeez. And her viewing was at the Sanger, which is right across the street from where we are right now, and right. she, they Sanger. propped her up oh, in her right. favorite chair, Jesus. and they had like furniture around her, and people walked into the Sanger and walked up to the stage to view her, oh, and she's like in her big hat, you know, and have a cocktail with Kentucky them. Derby hat, oh, and just geez. a mock, you know, uh, cocktail, uh, and she's dead. <laughs> She's dead. It's a weekend at Bernie's. Blue Blood New Orleans, yeah. the carnival edition, the Rex, Rex version of that. Which was a number one movie in France for some reason. Did you know that? Weekend at Bernie's, which bombed here in America. Right. That was the number one movie in yeah. France. Well, the French have an odd sense of humor. Yeah. You know? I could see them liking that. Yeah. Well, you know, the French, like, like that's... Just the morbidity of it, I could see that appealing to them, you know, just, oh, it's genius, he's, he's dead, but, but yet he lives. But yet you he know? lives, you know, with... <laughs> the, the absurdity of it. You know, the, uh, Serge Gainsbourg, you familiar with him? He's a uh-uh. singer, songwriter. Uh-uh. He was a huge uh, star in France. He's a French-Jewish guy. Um, uh, wrote the song Je Tem, which was kind of a scandal, scandalous song. It was. Uh, How long ago was him? this? I mean, this was in the 60s. Okay. So it was like uh, Je Tem was Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin singing this song to each other and then um, making all these, these uh, moans and groans, uh, all this very, very. Yeah. Uh, um, graphic kind of sex noise stuff. Yeah. It was a big hit. It was scandalous. Anyway, Serge Gainsbourg wrote this whole record 
uh, called History of Melody Nelson. And the subject was, it's like a story album, a concept album, where this guy is like kind of dissipated main character, much like Serge himself. Right. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like hits this girl on her bicycle and knocks her off the bicycle and scoops her up and puts her up in the car and takes her back to a hotel room and, and cares and for her. Takes care of her, nurses her back to health, gets her addicted to heroin, okay. falls in love with, the, with her. Uh, and um, I believe she's underage, and you know it's a sweet love story of narcotics addiction and underage uh, girl love. And this was like a major um, production that people would would get dressed in black, t- you know, black tie, black tie, and, go see. and, and ladies in, in evening gowns, and they'd go to a place like the Orpheum and watch that performed, and they thought that was the greatest thing ever, which, so do I, but, I mean, that wouldn't fly in America. <laughs> you, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't get away with that here. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I heard this morning on the talk radio, speaking of France, and this is going away from the subject, but apparently... Um, the McDonald's hamburger in France has is now number one, the number one sandwich in France. The, the number one sandwich for like 30 years straight or a million years in France has been this, it's, it's basically a ham and butter sandwich on a, on a baguette. Okay, right. And that's the staple for French sandwiches. Sure, sure. Yeah. But today they announced that the, 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 the Big Mac has taken over number one spot over the ham and butter sandwich, which is a historically the French sandwich. Wow, well, we won. <laughs> America won. You see, that's uh, American hegemony. It's, it's, uh, you know, the French were, the, and they're a proud people. You know? Their they, bread is so good, though. Their bread is so good. It's very fucking good Delicious. bread. Delicious French bread? Yeah. Uh, yeah French. None, none better. It's the, 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 <laughs> when I was in Paris, man, I, I just... I just couldn't wait to get up and go get coffee and bread. Yeah, you know? bread and butter, man. Yeah, that, I was that, just that, stay, yeah it's just that like, hard, crusty bread. Oh, and just the, the warmth. Uh, anyway, but listen, getting back to Benson, I just okay. had one final thought. Yeah. Is that, you know, I want to be cremated like my parents were cremated. Okay. You know, but I would like people to view my ashes. View your ashes. <laughs> View okay. my ashes. Get like a like a clear jar and put them in there, and yeah. so we can. And if they're smokers, they can throw butts. In. Nice. <laughs> yes. I like that, man. You'd know? be, be viewed in an ashtray. Yeah, be, I, yeah. Well, that. Well, that's been another dream of mine is to uh, either have my daughter or my wife take parts of my ashes and put them in different bars all over New Orleans in ashtrays. That's good, man. That's you know? how you could dispose of your ashes. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> well, except that they don't allow smoking in, in New yeah, Orleans anymore. Yeah, I know. Fuck that. So it was, it was a good Arby. idea you before. Arby, you know, yeah, it was a good Arby or, you know... Uh, well, so I actually, uh, speaking of bars, I went to a new bar, played in a, a new club this oh, yeah? week. It's called The Port Side. It's uh, the only tiki bar that I know of in New Orleans these days. Really? It's uh, in a neighborhood that if I showed it to you on a map, you'd think, well, that looks like a good place to get shot. Uh. <laughs> but uh, it's like in Central City. It's on Dryads and 7th. But uh, you look at me qu- quizzically because you've never been to Dryads. No, and I've Seventh. never been. No, yeah. you have no reason to go yeah, there. Yeah, there's no reason to go there. But if you go there, you go, oh, wow, this is fine. This isn't scary at all. There's no scary uh-huh. people walking around. There's people, you know, it's like people live there. There's people sitting on their porches, you know, 
I'm trying talking. to Google map this in my mind, in and mind. I can't. And I so it's can't. close, close to uh, where the fuck to like Washington Avenue, close to Louisiana okay, yeah, yeah, Avenue yeah, 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 and yeah. Seventh. So it's like Central City. Okay, you know, yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what not, side of Claiborne is it on? It's on the Riverside okay. Claiborne. Oh, yeah. See, I would think that would be a sketchy area, right? You would think so. And yeah, if I showed yeah. it to you on a map, you would think, oh yeah. no, that's that's not. No, I'm not going there. But if you go there, it's places to park. It's totally fine. Really? It's, it's, I was like, wow, this is cool, man. And the place is really nice. It's run by this couple. The guy is a bass player in this hard rock band, Suplex. I've heard their name forever. Oh, yeah. Um, sweetest guy in the world. Everybody working there is super nice. The place has been is all clean. It's been redone. It's real cute. You know, holds like, you know, probably 125 people maxed out or something. Wow. Um, I was like, this is a really cool place. Had a nice little stage. Stage sounded good. Cause I, I, when I first moved here, I got a, I was, I got a gig at the fairgrounds, and one of the bartenders' son was in Suplex. Huh. And this, they've been around a while. Yeah, yeah, they've been around, definitely around yeah. a long time. And I think I, this guy's the bass player. Yeah, I. God, what's his name? Um, his name is uh, Danny Nick. Hmm. Is the guy's name Nick? Your friend. Uh, I don't know if that's last his name. last name at all. I can't remember. I mean, I worked there for like three weeks. Right, right, right. You know, I just... Didn't make could, a big impression on Well, you. no, yeah. I mean, I, I moved down here to visit my... Bro- I came down here to visit my brother, and then my brother wasn't here. And then um, I just said, well, I'm hanging out at his house. I might as well make some money while I'm here. So I thought working at a racetrack would be cool. Yeah, yeah. And it was cool. I only worked there like two days a week for about... What did you do at the racetrack? I... Basically, horses. <laughs> yeah, I uh, or, or I, I jerked off the male uh, uh-huh. horses just to get them to calm down before yeah. the race, just so they could concentrate. Yeah, you know how they have that salt lick for the cows and horses and stuff. Right, I was a salt. Lick. That was you. <laughs> yeah, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I worked in the clubhouse. Oh, okay. With the big spe- with the big betters and stuff, and I just Were brought the tips drinks. Good there. I don't remember i yeah, guess they were yeah, good i don't know yeah. but i just i remember one thing is that when i applied for the job and i was being interviewed i jokingly i said to the the boss i said so can we bet on the horses and he said yeah sure so every fucking waiter there in the clubhouse was a degenerate gambler <laughs> of course they were they were all degenerate gamblers <laughs> of course they and were. and and um <laughs> I was a responsible guy, and I used to bet the ponies back at Hollywood Park in Santa Anita, but I just, you know, I just didn't. It lost the taste for it. Lost the taste for it. Exactly. I lost the taste. So I found myself, like, on, on some of the busiest lunches and, and, you know, like, going, these people going, have you seen our waiter? I have no idea. And they'd all be in line making bets. <laughs> so I would be Heard like... a hot tip. Yeah. I would be like, oh, yeah, your food's up. And I'd be bringing these people their food or their cocktails. And so I guess I made some good money because the waiters, you know, were all just, you know, either they, if they won big, you know... Then the, just go home. Yeah, they would just... Leave. just, <laughs> just like, you know. Fuck y'all. So that's real New Orleans, our real racetrack, oh, yeah. I guess. No, well, that's... Yeah, that's that's uh, the fairgrounds for sure. Yeah, um, it definitely has that culture. Hey, I was thinking. Speaking of the fairgrounds, um, Jazz Fest is in a couple months, and you're probably going to be playing it, right? Yeah, playing there a number of times during Jazz Fest. Are you playing this year? Play? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying I'm playing a several times at oh, Jazz Fest. I'm playing with the iguanas. I'm playing with Ed Volker. 
from the radiators. He's okay. a keyboard player from the radiators. Uh-huh. He always does a solo show gig there, out there yeah. and I'm playing with him and I'm playing with uh, Lynn Drury is going to be on okay. the Jazz Fest this Why year. Why don't we do a, a podcast from Jazz Fest? From Jazz Fest. Yeah. Do you think we can get away with that? Uh, well, sure we can. It's, uh, it's often kind of loud. Well, maybe backstage somewhere. Well, yeah, or, you, you know. can, you can, you know, uh, yeah, I'll see about, uh, I mean, if you're in there, uh, you know, maybe you can ride in with me one day or something. Yeah. Um, and we can just, we can just do on, you know, roving reporter stuff, you know? We, oh, can, we could do that. You yeah. know, just interview people, walk around. Or just around. like set up in, in somebody's, in one of our a band I'm playing in, with, in the dressing room. Yeah, in the dressing just, room. As people and, come in, we yeah, can just get Because I'm sure there's lots of big rock stars that want to talk sure, and stuff. Sure, sure. You know? No, that sounds like fun. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking about that. You know, we should do that, you know, for the troubled nation. Yes, yes, the troubled listeners <laughs> and, and all the, the, the uh, troubled musicians. There are certainly. <laughs> and there's many of them. More than one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. many M- of them. Most of them, a, a majority. Um, you know, we were talking about uh, crime in New Orleans a little bit earlier, talking about all the, the murders they have. Did I ever tell you about, uh, you know, I love this show, The First 48. Oh, I know this show. Yes, I, I. I don't think I've ever dedicated a full forty-eight to it. <laughs> full sixty. Yeah, I don't okay, think. Okay, well, let me just tell you the best part. The part I like the most uh-huh. is usually like in the last fifteen minutes. Yeah. When they've narrowed it down, they have a suspect that they're sure is the is, is the, the, criminal, culprit. Yeah, yeah, the culprit, and yeah. then they get him in the the interrogation room they yeah. start sweating them right and that is the it's like the the money shot for me you right. know when they it's the best part of the when, show when when these guys either hold tough right or they crack right and it's you know they don't hit them with phone books anymore so it's like right. it has to be when you, if you crack it's all voluntary it's just because you know they they appeal, got you. they appeal to you on some kind of level well, it's always better to not talk. Let me well, say that's that. the problem I have with those shows. It's, all, it's always better to, to, to not confess. <laughs> Whatever, well, whatever's happened up till now, confessing is only going to make it worse. <laughs> well, that's the problem I have with all those crime shows where it's like, you know, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Just say, I want to talk to my lawyer. Just yeah. call my lawyer. Yeah, well, when people do that, then they're like, oh, yeah, he's lawyered up. Uh, and they're all... Yeah, so that doesn't make for good TV. It's not good TV. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it have, they got to throw some of those in there just because right. they've, you know, it, it adds suspense to the show. Well, uh, there's one show I love to watch is Forensic Files, which oh, okay. is on, on one of those CNN shows. Yeah, I never shows. watched that one. Yeah, that's a good show. It's, 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 it's basically... And the narrator is so good. He's just like... Pam went out to dinner and never came back. Oh, right. Super creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's very creepy. Well, you know, so I'm watching First 48 one time, and anytime they're in New Orleans, then I'm hooked. I, if I see it's in New Orleans, i got to watch it. Because you might know the guy. Because they're always so good. <laughs> You're getting ahead of me here, man. Oh, I'm sorry. But that's very prescient of you. Okay, okay. Um, so, because I love the all the accents of everybody, of right. course. You know, the police officers of indeterminate race. You know, these people are like, well, they're from the seventh ward, but God knows, you know, how they identify. Right. Um, which you know, it's New Orleans. It's so cool. Um, but uh, anyway, so I have to watch it. So I'm watching it one time, and it's this about the the subject, the the the. The victim turns out to be this guy, uh, Frenchy Brulette, 
who was a notorious uh, associate of the Marcello crime family in New Orleans. Okay. He's, uh, he's Edwin Edwards' first cousin. Oh, God. Um, he's he's uh, spent his whole life from 18 or 17 Just a criminal. on in, in the French Quarter, you know, running girls, running clubs, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. Not a tough guy. I mean, he's actually like a bodybuilder, but he wasn't anybody that strong-armed anybody. He was mostly just like, uh, you know, pimping and, and uh, other kind of gambling stuff. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this guy got murdered. He's an old man now. He's like in his 80s when he got murdered. So I'm watching the show, and then they show this. The, it turns out uh, his, his uh, roommate... Is, has been missing, and then they find the roommate came in and told a friend that something bad happened, and so they're they're focusing in on the roommate. They show a picture of the roommate, and I'm like, hmm, that guy looks sure does look familiar. Oh no! Then uh, they finally locate the roommate. They bring him in. And I see him walking. I was like, oh shit, I do know that guy. <laughs> That's a guy I used to play in a band with. Oh my god! So it's this guitar player who. He's like you. It's like if he's like the the a gentle soul. You know, he's, right. he's not someone that you would ever predict would would have stabbed somebody to death. Right. But just goes to show you. You know, if you get get people boxed in. Yeah. You know, it turned out this guitar player had like all of his worldly his. Uh, all of his assets were tied up in a bunch of expensive guitars uh, okay. that he had at the apartment that they shared. And he went out of town and came back and it was all stolen. And the roommate was like, yeah, I don't know what happened, man. Your shit's gone. Sorry, I didn't do it. You know, somebody <laughs> broke in here and took it all. <laughs> so he was so upset and he was a little bit of, you know, of a drinker. And, uh, and he killed Frenchie. And he wound up killing Fr- allegedly, uh, you know. They, he conf- actually, you know, I think he, can, he confessed to it so we can say, yeah, he killed. <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> it's like, holy cow. I mean, I played... Probably played like ten gigs with this guy and did as many rehearsals with him. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, it just you goes never to know. Show. Yeah, you, you never, never know. Everybody's a star in New Orleans. That's the thing. That's why uh, celebrities like to come down here because right. you know they they don't get bothered because every person on the street thinks, well, I'm as much yeah. of a star as that person. Why yeah. would I want to go bother them? Right? You know, because like I could be on TV too. You know, well, yeah. I, I can just stab my roommate, and there you go. Instant star. This is supposed to be funny, man. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of crime, you got something else? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I'm, uh, I just went to the Bahamas for a second. Yeah. In, in, my, mind? Mind, in my mind, I went to the Bahamas. <laughs> for, talking Frenchie, and I know a guy named Frenchie in L.A., and I'm trying to piece together 48 hours. And Beach I, Boys, Kokomo. Yeah, and just basically my mind went to the Bahamas. Na, 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 yeah, na, exactly, na. you know. Fucking John Stamos playing. John you know, Stamos you know, playing congas with uh, uh, My- Mike Love. Mike Love and with with no with no Brian, Brian Wilson. Wilson exactly, and, yes. and they're taking credit. The worst, for, the worst Beach Boys. Yeah, ever, 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 exactly. Um, so you know, we they had this Austin, Texas bomber yeah. that just was caught. Just or it was not caught. It was he blew, blew himself, himself up, up man? Right. Yeah. So you know, we were touching on this theme last week or maybe two weeks ago about how these these shooters the the bomber so i'm looking at this bomber i'm like well that guy definitely does not have a girlfriend right 
yes, yes, yes. Definitely a kid no. that no. does not have a But he was a good kid, apparently. They're always good kids. Yeah, you know, he's okay. Yeah, he was yeah. okay until he killed a bunch of people. That doesn't right. seem too good. Yeah. I never killed anybody, in spite of what I hey. confessed was a lifelong urge to do so. Oh well, yeah. That, you know, I uh, I won't I, I won't admit to any of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but yet I've never done that, and and you know, I t- explain that that I no longer have that impulse. So maybe the difference between he and I is that I've always had a girlfriend. That that could be the only. I told you how my parents threatened me with all boys school as a kid right, and how yeah. I absolutely refused the idea yeah. of it because men are animals. Right. And yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, get yeah. them by themselves yeah, without women. It's, it's, they're it's, it's completely awful, unbearable. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, this is another expression of that. You know, you, these, these, these men need to be, their behavior needs to be modified, needs to be uh, tempered with, with the positive influence of, of a female. Females, yes. And uh, so, you know, it got me back to my, my thing of how, I, you know, it, the idea of, of doing a speaking tour, engaging these, you know, the campfire girls, the, the, the Girl Scouts, maybe uh, B'nai B'rith, you know, the, the right. BBYO, just, just only the girls. And maybe get a grant, you know, like public health, public girls safety grant. love your fellow men. Our fellow boys. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I don't know how... Well, you know I'd... what's funny about this bomber is that he was staying at, at a Red Roof Inn in Round Rock, Austin, the Round okay. Rock area. And when we, we uh, evacuated for Katrina, we lived very close to that neighborhood. Really? Yeah. We lived very close to that where this guy was, blew himself up. Yep. The uh, our we had this Austin family help us out. They sponsored us. Is that where you evacuated to Austin? Austin? We went to we went to Hot Springs, Arkansas first. Okay, to only to see because my in laws wanted to see my daughter, who was only like six months old at the right. time, and that's where they went. Okay, and they said we want to see you know yeah you, see. you know Doctor Herbert screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I see Salina <laughs> you know, so, okay we're coming we're coming but we ended up for like six months in Austin Texas because oh, I was there I don't remember you being there did you, we see we, each no we, no we never did because you were con- you were constantly coming back to New Orleans to check on you we, we oh, hung out right. we, we did hung out with your family though a few times oh okay we did hang out you, with you your family. You hung fam- out with my wife when I was out of town? Well, that's good. That's and, good. and your two kids. Okay, that's cool. And my wife and my kid. Right, okay, we hung, right, out, right, we right. hung out a little bit. Well, that's good. But um, the f- I was telling that to my my boss today when I got to work because he, he was all into this bomber thing. He goes, yeah. did you hear that? The bomber blew himself up. I goes, yeah, that was in the same neighborhood I lived in. Right. And he goes, well, thank God it wasn't in New Orleans. And I said, well, you know, well, I don't think that'll ever happen in New Orleans because, you know, like I've said this before, it's like, I don't think you're going to have a bomber in New Orleans because, you know, can you see a guy in his garage trying to, like, make a bomb and all of a sudden he goes, oh, wait a minute, the alligator festival's today. I got to go to that. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I can't plant these trick wires because the Crawfest Fest is today. It's Super Sunday. Yeah, they're having the second line. Yeah, they're having a second line. I can't do that. I got to go to that. <laughs> so I just can't see that happening ever. No, no. Well, you know, we, we hardly had, you know, during the 60s when, you know, shit was, the cities were burning 
across the nation right. never really happened here, man. It, right. you know, not that there weren't inju- injustices that needed to be to be righted here. Just it's the the culture doesn't really. People no. don't get that wound and up here, man. And that's what pisses me off so much. Because when I run for office, I go, you know what? If you want change, it's going to have to be radical and revolutionary. Right. Because if you want the same old shit, that's what you're going to get. Yep. I've said this for the last 16 years yes. that I've ran for office. And still, no one wants to listen to me. Yep. And they still bitch and complain. Like, oh, we got this. We got Well, because you keep doing this. Yeah, you man, know? I'm telling you, like, the, the, if you go back to that first platform that we came up with, yeah. all that stuff is still relevant, man. That's, it's still relevant, and that's what I said this past election, you know, just six months ago. I go, you know, I showed up at that morning news interview on, on the popular TV show in the morning, and I showed up there with my bed head and then my pajamas, and I said, you know, uh, what do you want from me? <laughs> you know, I've told you what's what you need, and you don't listen to me, people. So fuck yeah. you. F- you know, basically, you know, fuck it. I'm tired of it. You know, um, but yeah. That, so that. But getting back to Austin, right. it was so funny because I was thinking about how the you know my boss said, "Well, it would never happen in New Orleans," and I said, "Well, it was funny because I remember." Two years, the prior two years before Katrina, I would take the same route to work every day. And I used to see this guy, a homeless guy, and he'd be at a bus bench on Broad and Canal. And he'd have a, always have a 40 on him, you know, just drinking a 40. Right. And he didn't do anybody any harm. He just sat there. I never right. saw, you know, anyone, you know, he, him fucking with anyone and all of that. And for, two, for twice a day, you know, driving back and forth, I'd see this guy. And um, so fast forward now, six months after Katrina, or a few months after Katrina, it's Thanksgiving Day. Uh huh. Because my boss said, well, I said, well, he goes, it never happened in New Orleans. He goes, yeah, because in a way they got rid of all those people after, you know, they bust them out, you know, to Houston and various parts of the country. And I said, well, yeah, that's true, because on Thanksgiving Day after Katrina, Driving, we got invited to go to someone's house for Thanksgiving. Total strangers, didn't know, but they were in just, Austin. Yeah, in Austin. Uh-huh. And I'm driving with my family. I'm at a red light, and I see that guy. That guy, they moved into Austin. <laughs> they moved into Austin, and he's at a bus stop on Thanksgiving Day with a fucking forty in wow, his hand. Oh man, there which surprised go. me because you can it, take the boy out of New Orleans. <laughs> you can't take New Orleans out of the boy. <laughs> it surprised the fuck out of me because you know you don't get to walk around Austin with open liquor. Open liquor, yeah, yeah not yeah. like here. Not Unless like you're here. from New Orleans, yeah, so I guess grandfathered in. Yeah, but the same <laughs> fucking guy. And I, nice, I, 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 scr- I was screaming. I was at the red light going, That's, there's that guy. Made you happy. Yeah, I was like so happy. I was going to say, you want to come Thanksgiving? Yeah, man. Well, like post-Katrina, <laughs> any, any scrap of home like that was like you clung to. I was yeah. like, God, that, that's the same homeless guy, man. Yeah, the same homeless fucking so guy. It was beautiful. You remember how good that was when we were in New Orleans? Yeah. Driving down Canal Street, we saw that homeless guy. <laughs> With the 40, just doing that, man. It was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Anyway, um, I you got anything else to talk about? Um, well, you know, just to to, you know, we do a lot of talking here, say a lot of things. <laughs> well, it is a, a talk of, show, isn't yeah, it? I know, I know, I know. We, we make a lot of comments. You know, I was I was uh, running that that bit down about uh, you know the speaking tour, right? To Joe Cabral Tell- and and last night, and, and he didn't they like were all it. laughing. No, oh. They were laughing, but Joe goes. Uh, yeah, you better armor up, man. Oh, really? Better, better get ready for the 
for the for the uh, and I said I said for what he goes you know just for all the people that are going <laughs> want to hurt your feelings I was like oh well you know uh, so but but just to to you know words are just sounds that I make with my lips and my tongue you know right a lot of times I'll say things. Um, because I think it's going to make somebody laugh, or sometimes I'll say it just because of the how I think it's going to change the temperature in the room. You know, just, right? Just to I think you probably do the same. Well, no, thing, no, right? no. You got it. You got it. If you come up with something that you think that's valid, you know, then you just put it out there and, and see what the bounce you get from it. Yeah, is. whatever. It's like I like I said. It's it's just just sounds I make. You know, right. It's, uh, Nobody has to get their feelings hurt about it, you know? Well, no one should. Why would you? Why would you? you know? Well, people, you know, fuck. You it's know. a very sensitive age we're in here. You know, people, people are... Because uh, people are the worst. People are ready to get triggered. <laughs> people are the worst. <laughs> Basically, that's the way I look at it. You know, I drive, you know, I drive to work, and there's, it's like a 15-minute drive. Right. How many and people do you curse out on the, on the way there? No, I no, no I okay, curse out. No, I don't. Cur- I curse out. Basically, there's one one action that happens on my. And I'm a road rage. I have rage on the road. I do. I admit that. Um, and uh, but it's only fifteen. It's like ten, fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's a short drive. It's a short drive. So there shouldn't be that much like fucking conflict to go on in fifteen but it's minutes. New Orleans. Yeah. So Nobody basically, well, basically. I find myself every morning going to work and saying the same thing over and over again, at least once, saying, Jesus fucking Christ, God, do I hate people. I hate them. <laughs> and then the light will turn green, and then I'll keep going on. <laughs> and then everything's fine again. And then everything's fine again, because yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. one, it's, it, just takes, it just takes one thing to happen. Right. You know? And... Uh, and it, 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 it just, it just, I can't fathom. I, it's just so odd that people would do something like that. It's like, you know, and you know what it comes down to? Like what? What are we talking about? What, just do this action on the road. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, a right. certain like, action, like, like, like wanting to turn right from the left hand right. lane and have or, to cross three lanes, or, or expecting everyone to stop for them. Right. You know, everyone to say, "Oh, listen, I made a mistake." Because I'm in the left-hand lane, but I need to go right here. I have to go right now. Because I can't go up two blocks Suri, and fix my mistake on my own. Because Surrey told me it's time to go right here, right, you know, right. <laughs> or whatever that thing is—a GPS, whatever. Uh-huh. Surrey, you know. So I find myself at least once a morning going, "I fucking hate people. I hate them." With every inch of my it's kind mind. of a mantra, you know. It's kind yeah. of a—it's well, a way to center if, yourself center your beliefs you know restatement of beliefs well it comes down to like you know I would never I don't like wearing t-shirts that say anything or shirts because uh-huh. I don't want to be a walking billboard right I, I do not want to be a walking but if I were to be forced to wear a t-shirt that said something uh-huh. it would say what's wrong with people what is no? What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with you people? Yeah, that would be the one shirt I would wear. I could see a whole line of shirts because I have a few shirt ideas myself. You oh, know? So, <laughs> so the what's wrong with you people? I like that. I think I think the one. Um, are you all right? I think that could be a good one. Are you all right? Yeah. Okay. Like that's yours, right? That's your other one, right? Um, are you all right? <laughs> Are you all um, right? Yeah. But so mine are. are what more is wrong with you? What people? is wrong with you people? <laughs> That's See, the, a good one. Yeah. No. So it's, it, it goes with 
with my line, it's kind of a compliment to my line, which uh, one I came up with just the other day, idea just says mea culpa. Okay. You know, All right, yeah. It's my fault. It's Latin, my fault, yeah. It's my fault. Right. But then that's kind of an outgrowth of my, my, the one I had, my original T-shirt idea, which is, I'm so sorry about last night. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, I had one because, you know, after Katrina, everyone was wearing Defend New Orleans. Right, def- right. Renew yeah, Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Def- and I was thinking to myself... Get a shirt saying "Offend New Orleans." Offend New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And, and I think for sure I'd get so much shit for that because right. there are so many might people. Get a lot of money for it. Yeah, I might get a lot of money for it too. Yeah, exactly. That right. could be our fifth release. Yeah. All right. Listen, I have my Hollywood story. Yes, good. I love this part. Yeah, and it's it's. I wasn't there. But it's it, where you talk about getting fucked by some producer? No, oh, no, no. Oh. This is. Um, this is a story. Um, I told you about my good friend who was in the business, and he got a, he was a working actor, and he was the one who talked to Ed McMahon at the checkout line. Right, and Ed right. McMahon told him to fuck <laughs> off, you know. But he was working on a film. Yeah, hi <laughs> You are correct, sir. Yeah. Well, he got a part. In uh, one of those uh, Lifetime movies, you know, oh, Lifetime movies yeah, where the woman great. scorn or, you know, yeah, the woman great, fights man. back. And, I you know, movies. I love those Lifetime movies. Um, well, he got a part in one, a very small part, in Utah. They filmed it on location in Utah. And he asked me, he goes, come on up. I'm, I'm in Utah for a couple of weeks. Come uh-huh. on up. I have no one to talk to. Right. We, you know, we, the bars close at six, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, bring me some stuff, you know. Yes. Kind of but anyway, this is the story, and this is how it goes. Um, the scene is this woman's house gets burned down by her ex-husband or her, you know, whatever, her lover, her scorned lover. Her house gets burned down. And her kids are in the house, and she's frantic. She's frantic. And Wilford Brimley, you know Wilford Brimley? Sure, sure. Yeah. Mr. You know, Brimley himself, he's got, he plays the detective in this Lifetime movie. Okay. And that's their biggest star of, the movie, of this film. He's Wil- a pretty big star. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. a big star back then, you know, Wilford Brimley. Anyway. Great name. Yeah, well, yeah it's a great name. It sounds like a laxative, anyway. It kind of does. <laughs> but anyway, you know, he's the big name, but he's not the star of the film. He's just, they got him because he's a name, and they might get, get viewers. But anyway, he shows up for his first scene, which is the house that just burnt down, and the, the mother's frantic and all right. that. And we're on the set. My friend's in this scene, too. Or he's in one of the scenes. So I'm on the set. I'm just at the craft service table noshing on stuff, you know. Uh-huh. And Wilford shows up, and he's, you know, he's Mr. Professional. He's Mr. Curmudgeon. He's like, all right, you know, hit your mark, say your line, I'm done. That kind of thing. But apparently he shows up, and he's talking to this young director, and it's probably this director's, like, first time doing a uh-huh. feature, you know. And Wilford goes, yeah, I read your script. Oh. Uh, I think uh, I want to add something to it. And the director's like, oh, okay, Mr. Brimley, what? He goes, I think uh, in, in, in her mid-sentence, I should slap her across the face. 
<laughs> and the director's like, no, 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 no. We, we're not going to do this. This is a lifetime Yeah, challenge. yeah, yeah. You're not going to do this. <laughs> you can't do <laughs> No, 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 no. Just, you know, do your line. Do it the way you want to do it. But uh-huh. slapping is not going to happen. And he goes, all right, all right, all right. And it's like all of a sudden, it's like, you know, of course, in the movies, they take forever to do. So it's like two hours pass. Uh-huh. And Wilford's in his trailer, and I'm right. still eating craft service food and stuff like that. Right. Okay, Mr. Bramley, set, please. And they got the special effects going on with the fire, you know, the ashes and the smoke. And... Uh, my friend who's in the film, he's got, his, he's got his little bit that he does. He crosses over, and then Brimley comes into frame, and the, ma- the, the woman's there screaming, going, ah, ah, and he slaps her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> cut! 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 Because she was not expecting it. Yeah, well, she that's was, how you get the best yeah, reaction. <laughs> yeah. Well, her reaction was, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You're not, not that, it's not in the script. She didn't stay in yeah, the scene. Yeah. She didn't stay in character. So, cut! 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 <laughs> so basically, um, he he caused this one. They went to like two days overtime on this one scene because oh, because they just had to like fucking you know because he, he could not hit her. He he just wanted to hit her. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I get that way sometimes. You want to hit a bitch, <laughs> you know? Oh man! But it was the funniest thing because the whole time I'm just eating food and you know and and watching this go on and he just was like He's a little too old school, man. Yeah, He's trying to play it too well, too. Well, I guess man. Uh, yeah. Like back in the days, people used to be able to. He know, was like, doing the method, you know, yeah, the yeah, method. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was getting, uh, you know, yeah, he was, chose the Lifetime channel too. <laughs> it was time to get real, real heavy with it. But apparently, because I left, I went out there for a week. Apparently, you know, he, he had another week of shooting, Brimley, right. and my friend was still out there for another week of shooting. And apparently, he became, a, you know, he was a very nice guy because he would do all these pranks on the set, like farts and stuff like that. You know, whoopee cushions and stuff okay. like that during you know during crew lunches. Real old school, yeah. Hitting yeah. girls, whoopee cushions. <laughs> yeah. So it was just that one slap that just you know people just said, "Well, we got to back off this guy." You know, maybe he was mad he was making enough money. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm telling you, like you know, in the old days, Jackie Gleason used to joke about uh, hitting his wife in every episode. Was, <laughs> Straight was, to the moon. That yeah, was, that was comedy. Yeah, that was comedy. Exactly. Yeah, uh, can't do that anymore. Thank no. God, it's I know don't need to don't need to put hands on anybody. No, no. Unless they uh, want hands put on them. Well, you know, some some people are into it. Well, I mean, it depends <laughs> on, on what you mean by putting hands on them, you know. Just, right, you know. Some people don't like contact, some people do. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I I would contend that I've been trying to get somebody to take a swing at me for the past 25 years and yet no one will take me up on it. Really? Yeah, you know, I Let's go outside right now. <laughs> Let's go outside right now. You know, I never thought about it, but if you want it, you know. Well, no, I'm not saying I'm. I'm. You know, I'm. Uh, maybe I didn't explain myself. But I would say that I've been doing things that could have given yeah. someone reason, reason to, to punch to, you out. Yet yeah, no one it, will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't seem to be able to cross that line. F- cross far enough beyond the line. Not sure. Not yet. Not Not yet. yet. Well, you know, again, maybe this podcast. Hope hope springs eternal. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this podcast (laughs) will offend some people. You know, I was I was there the other night at uh, Carrollton Station. Nobody would take a swing at me there. And you tried. You tried. You know, know, 
But you were in Panama and you bloodied your nose. How did that happen? Yeah, that was self and Oh, okay. I told you. All pats on the back and blows to the face were self-administered. All right. Well, uh, are we done? Yeah, it seems because I gotta like take that. a. I got I got like the coolie dam in my bladder right yeah, now. The grand coolie dam. Yeah, in my back bladder. Yeah, back to that <laughs> again. Back. Yeah, circling okay, back. Okay, well, Trouble Nation. We may have another guest coming up soon. So yeah, we haven't decided who yet. I got a couple I, ideas. Do you? Bring old Steve Spitz, hilarious uh, musician. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking Obama. Okay. Well, we'll see, I'll see if Steve can switch spots. Maybe if we, if we, if we go. <laughs> Obama or uh, Warren Beatty? Warren I've always Beatty I've always good. wanted to interview Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty would be good because I've seen him on on in interviews though. He plays it pretty close to the vest. I don't. I think he he would be like mostly like doing kind of a Cheshire Cat grin as we yeah. tried to bait him into uh, giving up the goods, and he would. He would just keep demurring, like, nah, you know. You know what, what movie I love, Warren Beatty, and it might be his first feature, is called Lilith. Oh, yeah. That's a good film. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. Black and white. It yeah. uh, takes place in a mental institution. He's uh, guilty of uh, a bit of, of uh, I would say, it would be a crime nowadays. Tomfoolery. Tomfoolery <laughs> with, a, with a patient. Right, He's right, an orderly. Right, yeah. He, gets, he crosses some lines. HR would not be happy. <laughs> anyway, look that up, uh, Lilith. Do you know what I watched uh, yesterday? No. Carnal Knowledge. Remember oh, Carnal wow. Knowledge? I do, I do remember that. Such it's a, been a fucking long good time, movie, man. Man. Is that with... Uh, Jack Nicholson, Art Garfunkel. Art Garfunkel, that's who I was trying to pull. And Margaret. And Margaret, Candace yes. Bergen. Candace Bergen. Candy, like I like to call her. Man, Candy. yeah, that's... They were all in such the, a the, fucking good movie. The, the height of their powers. Um, yeah, I watched it because I have this new sling, and oh, yeah, I, yeah. I got rid of my cable and I got all this right, other right, stuff. Right, And it, it was for free. I just watched it for free. And I remember when I was like seventeen years old, me and my best friend, he had it on videotape. That movie, we'd watch it every day after school for like six weeks <laughs> because we wanted to see Anne Margaret. You know, piece of ass. Yeah, and you know, it was just, it was just like I gotta watch. You got well, milk and cookies after school, and our chips and soda. Chips and soda. Uh, yeah. And Margaret. And then Margaret, you know, who uh, dig it, man. Yeah, that's, that's and the good. best line in that movie is when Nicholson meets Anne Margaret, and they're riding a cab home. And they're going, you know, they're going to his place or whatever, and he's just flirting with her. Right. And he, she says. You're a dirty old man, he says. No, I'm not. I'm a dirty young man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good night, people.